This is the house call. You know, since we got you here, Jerry, and you're one of obviously we've been talking about him already, and you're no, we're one of the most, you're we are one of the most foremost Patriots experts on the planet. We might as well dive in to some Washington Commanders today. Is Sam Howell really going to be their QB one? How good is their <laughs> Jesus game? Christ, man, psych. We are talking all things Pats today, the real America's team. But before we get into that, I want to give a quick shout out to one of our affiliates, and that is SportMemorabilia.com, the one-stop shop to get all your authentic sporting merchandise. Pats fans, if you want to get a Mac Jones jersey before he gets traded, go to SportMemorabilia.com. I got a lot of jerseys oh. from there, some hats, a little pullover-type long sleeve, lots of awesome stuff there. So hit the link in the description to go get all that at SportMemorabilia.com. And now I just alluded to it a second ago. So, Jerry, I want to get your thoughts on this, man. The Pats are having drama. With their QB1, Mac Jones, there's reports of tension between Mac and Bill Belichick, as well as reports they've been shopping Mac for trades over the offseason. Ba- backup Bailey Zappi was also just quoted in saying he's going to take advantage of whatever opportunity he gets. And it sounds like he thought he had a shot at the starting job. And there's obviously many more layers to the situation, but I want to get into this discussion. So, Jerry, man, what do you think? What are your thoughts on this Mac Jones uh, expectations for 2023? And first of all, is he with the team? And second of all, how does he perform with Bill O'Brien? You know, they say that the key to a good marriage is communication. Really discuss your relationship openly and honestly. Um, I've never tried it. And uh, we're coming up on our 30th anniversary. It's just never come up. It's just not a topic of discussion. And yet I've spent more time in the last five or six years discussing this coach's interpersonal dynamic with whoever his quarterback was at a given time than I have in almost 30 years of marriage. Like, is this a thing that is unique to the Patriots? Like, all right, I'm old enough to remember, say, Chuck Knoll. I don't remember all these conversations, but uh, how are he and Terry Bradshaw getting along? Are they are they feeling okay with one another? You know what I mean? Like, like I don't think Tom Landry ever said to, like, Roger Staubach, let's take a deep dive into the middle of Lake Roger because I want to know that you're feeling good about how I feel with you in our relationship. What is this? But anyway, look, it's a it's a tough gig, you know, to be a football coach, to be a quarterback. Guys don't go to this because they're super <coughs> sensitive. Like, you know, I didn't need Brady and Belichick to be, you know, FaceTiming each other in bed at night. Like, okay, no, you hang up first. <laughs> so I just know, like, they had a working relationship and it was great. Now, as far as Jones goes, there's this narrative out there that somehow he's super triggered and worried and upset and nervous. I'm sorry, who was his college coach again? Nick, Nick Saban. Saban. Yeah. Right. Like, Saban and Belichick are cut from the same cloth. They're, they're Romulus and Remus. Like they were twins that were suckled by the same she-wolf and founded Rome and founded this warrior <laughs> society. Jones thrived under tough coaching from Saban. I, I'm flaking on the name of his high school coach, but it's another one of these legendary guys with a weird nickname like Zip or Pippin. I don't know what the <laughs> hell his name is. It's not relevant. The fact is he doesn't need to be handled softly. And Maybe there's some tension there. There damn well ought to be because the way the team performed last year. And Belichick is largely responsible, and he said all along he'd take responsibility if it didn't happen. So if there's a struggle there between Mac Jones and Matt Patricia, well, Jones was frustrated, not nearly as much as frustrated as the rest of us were. Like when he was screaming at, at you know, Matty P as he came off the field, I, I was one of... 99.9% of Patriots fans going, yell louder, swear more. <laughs> Thank you. you. And now we're, we're suddenly trying to say like, wow, he's a real petulant little wallflower, isn't he? No, no he's, he was frustrated. I'm going he because the calls were coming in. That, that, that game where he really flipped out that we always remember, that was where they had first and goal from like the two. And the plays were coming in with like seconds to spare every every down ended up being like a spy movie where the guy's trying to defuse a bomb before it goes off it shouldn't be like that and he was frustrated and they ended up kicking a field goal so long-winded way of saying yeah there's tension there and they've worked through it and he's the quarterback they let maddie p go thank god hired in a guy who as 
Jones was leaving Alabama. They were bringing in Bill O'Brien. The two of them sat down and worked on the offense together. Like he taught Bill O'Brien the system. Does that sound like Belichick has no confidence in the quarterback? If if that were the case, Bill O'Brien wouldn't be here. It would be Matt Patricia. They'd be going, okay, Zappy, show us what you got. So, right. Sorry. Yeah, it's a thread there. Jerry, thank you for saying all of that because all I've been dealing with in the comments is how like, oh, he shouldn't have done that on the field. I can't believe he's acting this way. Why did he reach out? And like, I, literally, the guy below me, yeah, that's you, Rob. You said that shit, Matt. The guy I said over it too. here said that shit, and I was like, no, absolutely. Why are we yelling at this guy and chastising him for something that literally we were all doing sitting on the couch? We went on episodes and literally did the exact same thing. We lost our minds. There was like, well, he's a professional and he's a quarterback, and that's the leader of the team, and he can't act that way on national television. I said, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. All right, I'm a military guy, and I live in small, like literally, no shit. If someone, if leadership, I got in a chief space. I was in the navy, chief space on a submarine, right? 172 guys. You got to rely on everybody. Someone says something fucking stupid or does something dumb, you call them out on it. Right there. I don't care who's watching. I don't care where it's at. Especially in a situation like that, you 100% step in there. And then the shopping thing, literally. Florio is a freaking idiot. All right? right. I don't give a shit who, when anyone says, that guy in the last week and a half has put out more garbage content than I have ever seen. It's purely freaking clickbait. 100%. All right? He's not shopping them. And then every literally, he came out with that. Four hours later, there were multiple sources saying, I don't know where he got it from. I haven't heard anything. Then I started dropping, like, I reached out to teams that need quarterbacks. Not a single one of them have talked to the Patriots at all this offseason about Mac Jones or any other player. And then yeah, Jerry brought out his report. They brought in Bill O'Brien, who literally, in passing, Mac was like, hey, this is how the offense works here. This is how Saban likes it. See you later. Bye. That's the relationship they had. So another thing that came out was like, oh, they've worked together before. It was equivalent of, of shaking hands in the hallways. One guy's going out, one guy's coming in. But Jerry said it perfectly. You don't bring him in if you're going to get rid of the guy. You just don't. So all this is just clickbait bullshit that Boston sports media wants to done because guess what time guess what time of the year it is? It's uh we need something to generate ratings o'clock. And that's what they're doing. Right. So right. y'all yeah. can just stop biting into it, man. The Bruins are setting records, so the conversation becomes why are they keeping two goalies? They should they should have traded one. And, like, why does Pasternak keep turning the puck over? Like, okay, I get it. You, you have to find some negative spin, and this has been it. Like, if anything, we should be spending this offseason saying, all right, now they've given Jones the things that Jones <coughs> need to, to succeed. And I, I've, I've heard from, you know, a Patriots beat writer and there's been reports as you referenced from several others saying there's nothing to that and yeah this guy told me directly they, they weren't shopping him around yes they were frustrated that he was calling alabama and that's you know out of line or whatever but, uh, all right cool well what's belichick gonna think like oh therefore i can't i can't coach this guy i mean he had problems with brady for a long time right we we survived the pliability wars. You know what I mean? Like, he, like as frustrated as Brady was after the Eagles Super Bowl, what did they do? They won the next Super Bowl. You yeah. Know, it, uh, so yeah, as as far as um the, the Mike Florio thing, just real quick, I think so much of that comes from Chris Sims. I don't he had a cup of coffee with the Patriots back he's in yeah, the vendetta. Oh yeah. I, I I am this close to sending a social worker with a dog <laughs> to say, Chris, now tell me where the bad man <laughs> hurt you. you. Where on this chart were you assaulted? Yeah, I mean, because it's, it's going be back in the day when Brady was winning MVPs, he was always putting him like seventh on his top 10 quarterbacks rating or oh, Chris out of the top 10 altogether. So it's some weird personal glitch with him. But there's... There's nothing to the trade thing. I will accept that there's some tension there, but guess what? They're, they're two guys that have, you know, they're they're in those positions where, like you mentioned, like you're, you're you and your chief, yeah. you're gonna have these these fights, and then when they're done, you know, you're, I mean, you weren't doing Denzel and Crimson Tide, right? You weren't going up to Gene Hackman and stuff. Sir, I am relieving you of duty under regulation. <laughs> no, nothing like that. No, it was just a screaming match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah but I think with two military guys are screaming at each other about 
article this section that i don't know I, oh, I God. Stuff up. <laughs> but i think i think you guys are right about there you know it's natural that there's going to be tension between the the coach and the quarterback but I think me and Rob are going to be, I don't know if me and Rob are going to be on the same page, but we might be uh, in a little bit of difference of opinion for you two. So I'm glad you two went first, but I'll let Rob go now. Rob, what do you think about this whole Mac Jones situation, man? Uh, Look, everybody's wrong on all accounts, I think, but I have to say this, this might be, I, look, I don't agree with him exploding on the field just because it just, it doesn't look like a great look, especially where he's at in his career. I get it. Second year, whatever. Yeah, yep. I just think, Look, Bill Belichick, he's been rubbing me the wrong way since he benched Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl. <laughs> and he's just, I just feel like every year he finds another way to get cute. And it's just like that type of mentality, that type of behavior, it, it used to work when you had Brady. You don't have Brady anymore. You can't have – you can't put that level of expectation on Mac. Now, the whole shopping thing, I think there has to be at least an inkling of truth to that. I, whether it is or not, I don't know. But – you have your DC, you move him to OC. You got Aaron Judge that's chewing out God knows how many people, and he doesn't even have any, I mean, other than being a special teams coach, what kind of credibility is it? We Joe already Judge. seen what he did with the Giants. Joe Judge. Jeez, why say Aaron, Aaron, Judge? Aaron, Aaron Jones? Aaron Judge that's is Aaron that hitting Judge. Okay. Judge, well, you know what? This, <laughs> this already tells you how much I hate him. So look what he did with Daniel Jones in New York. He couldn't, he couldn't cut it with that guy. So how, what makes Belichick think that this guy's going to do well here? It's it's just – I don't know. I, I have – that's what I think about that matter. What do you think, Matt? Listen, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna disagree with Jerry and Joe a little bit. Listen, I have – for me, I have no idea why Patriots fans are like – have this – are like so beholden to like, we got to stick with Mac Jones. For a quarterback that has accomplished nothing in the league, granted, it's he's two years in, okay? I'm, I'm giving him benefit of the doubt. He's two years in, okay? But we have canceled quarterbacks two years in for way less than, than what Mac Jones has done. And listen, Patriots fans are obsessed with him. He had a solid rookie year, made the Pro Bowl, albeit as like a seventh alternate. It was like a Tyler Huntley situation. That's why he made the Pro Bowl last year. But his rookie year... Most of his numbers, he was middle of the pack. He was 16th in the league in QBR. He was 14th in the league in rating. He was 14th in the league in touchdowns, 17th in yards per game, 14th in yards or yards per attempt. So most numbers made him an average NFL quarterback. And as a rookie, I'll take that as a rookie. But last year, he was terrible. His personal play was terrible. And again, I also blame a lot of the situation. As soon as Matt Patricia was named offensive coordinator, that was the dumbest shit I've ever seen. The lack of weapons, the offensive line wasn't great, but the situation doesn't excuse his poor play because we've seen other quarterbacks have terrible situations, horrible coaching, horrible schemes, lack of weapons. We saw fucking Trevor Lawrence have to deal with Urban Meyer for a year, and now That's I've got Rob dance. telling me Trevor and I got, I got Rob telling me Trevor Lawrence is still trash based on that year. You know, so we canceled. He threw four interceptions in the. Oh my lord! I don't. Again, see, this is not, see, that's another day. Trash. Again, yes, still I still think he's trash. trash. I think the Chargers just Chargers. Okay. That's all okay. that happened. The, that's the Jaguars, the point, but I like where your mind's the, at. The, the point wasn't <laughs> no, to no, call no. you out on that. The, the point wasn't to call you on that take. The point oh, was we have canceled quarterbacks. We we have we have we have canceled quarterbacks for much less than than Mac Jones has been canceled for, and certainly again, it, and, and certainly you know his poor play and you know all the all the things that happened. I am not cool with him acting how he acted. Listen, if you're Tom Brady and you're on the sideline and Matt Patricia is your offensive coordinator, rip him apart. You've won six, you've won seven Super Bowls. Rip him apart. But if you're Matt Jones and you just threw a, a deep ball interception for the 37th time this game, I don't want you coming over ripping apart Matt Patricia. I don't want to see it happen. So do I think, and, and again, it, it obviously when Bailey Zappi was in there too, the offense looked just as good. And again, that was, you know, subpar competition and it was a very small sample size. I get that too. But so do I think Mac Jones is a bad quarterback? I do not think Mac Jones is a bad quarterback. Do I think he's a great quarterback? I also don't think he's a great quarterback. I think he's dead center, middle of the pack quarterback. So I don't know if the rumors are true or not, as far as, you know, us pursuing Lamar Jackson or whatever the case may be. But for, for us to see a player for two years, then potentially make an evaluation that we don't see him being a high-level player, then pursuing other options that we do see as high-level players, I think that's reasonable. I, th I also think that we can win a lot of games with him this year, maybe even the division with him, but strictly because of an, 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 strictly because of an improvement from our offensive coordinator, but we'll get to that a little bit later. But the, as far as upgrading the, the most important position of football, that will always make sense to me, especially with the amount of elite quarterbacks that we have in the AFC. 
we have Mahomes, we got Herbert, we got Aaron Rodgers potentially, we got Josh <laughs> Allen, we got all these guys, right? So if you look at the quarterbacks in 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 the AFC, and then you look at Mac Jones, it doesn't add up, right? So it, that's that's my opinion as far as where I see Mac Jones, and I think if we you know, if, if, if Lamar Jackson becomes available, someone who I think is a top five quarterback, why not? Why not pursue it? Why not pursue it? I think Mac Jones is smack dab average. So if we can get better at quarterback, why not pursue it? What do you guys think? Well, and, as far as the Lamar Jackson trade goes, that's exactly a trade that Belichick would make if it were in the other direction. Now, in no way am I suggesting that Lamar Jackson is not a significant upgrade from Mac Jones. That goes without saying the price of him is so prohibitive, both yep. in what it's going to take in, in draft capital to get him, then plus what you're going to have to pay him, plus so much of that's going to be guaranteed. Now, he deserves it because that's the market, and he has he has earned that, but it's not going to be here because that's just not how business is, is done here. I, I, By the way, Rob, I agree with you totally about Belichick blew it with the coaching. I, I accept a lot of mistakes that he makes because – He's made so many seemingly crazy decisions that worked out spectacularly well. I mean, just one off the top of my head, not calling timeout at the end of the Super Bowl while he saw Pete Carroll in in total panic mode. Um, bottom, so bottom I, bluff. Yeah, they don't all work out. But, you know, Schopenhauer said that talent hits a target no one else can hit. And genius hits a talent no one else can see. And his genius has hit so many targets no one could see, not the least of which is making Tom Brady his number one starter after Drew Bledsoe got hurt. So that, as far as Jones, I, I, I put a lot more stock in his rookie year than I think you do, Matt. And here, here was an example. The Sunday night game against Tampa, what I was calling go to Dameron, like the, the biggest regular season game probably in the history of this this franchise national tv the pressure of the world on mac jones's shoulders and he played better than brady did and if it wasn't for a field goal coming short at the end he would have won that game they would have gone 11 and and six now you don't get credit for a, a loss i get that but you know he he threw a pick six against dallas to a who's there there cornerback uh, yeah, yeah. in the very next play he goes Born. 75 yeah. yards to Kendrick Bourne so I was like okay this kid has that makeup that the things you can't teach you'd never see that of like a Zach Wilson maybe not oh, definitely not <laughs> definitely not maybe, no, maybe not even Justin Fields I don't know but you out of the five quarterbacks drafted in the first round he had the best rookie season that's why I'm high on him and I last year was a mess not of his own creation i mean pff has even come out and said that even this year's quarterbacks last year's quarterbacks and the class that mac jones came out of outside of trevor lawrence mac jones is a better quarterback than all of them on paper like per their grade his his grade out of college would have put him above all drafted above all those other quarterbacks that were taken so i mean if, if that's what that's coming right out of college everything on paper is telling you, and that includes this draft class coming up where we got, you know, CJ Stroud and, and Young, who he did beat out at Alabama for the starting yep. job. Okay, mm -hmm. so we're sitting here acting like, and these, and everyone's clamoring about Young. Everyone thinks he's going to be like some stud. Mac Jones beat that kid. If he was such a stud, Mac Jones wouldn't have played a damn down in Alabama. We never would even know his name. My biggest That's thing is. My biggest thing is this. Why would Robert Kraft seek out media to, to, to drop that whole Meek Mill texted him about Lamar wanting to be here? I think that, like, that tells the media, that tells me as a Patriots fan, he's willing to pay to get Lamar here. It's just really on Belichick's plate whether or not he wants to do it. But going back to that so-called great rookie season, you that win streak that we had, I, I'm glad you kind of – ripped into a mat, but I, I was raised my hand over here. I was like, I really hope I can get a point in, but you beat the jets. You beat the chargers. The chargers is probably one of the wins that I I'll give Mac that one. You beat the Panthers. You beat the Browns with an injured Baker. You beat the Falcons. You beat the Titans with a practice squad players, no Henry or Brown. And you beat the bills in which you passed three times. So, I mean, the it's right there in, in, in black ink that I wrote it in that hit, hit, like you said, 
he was the seventh quarterback to be chosen for the Pro Bowl. So I think people saying he had such a great rookie season, I think he did well for what he had. I, I get it. Josh, Josh McDaniels also held the training wheels on him that season. So I don't know what, what, what could have been. But to say he was a great quarterback when you're literally versing, oh, God, we, we started off two and four, and then you go on this little run. So well, there's that. Well, I mean, you're talking about a field goal kick against Tampa Bay. If we had a better if, – if, if Nick Folk was eight years younger – Maybe that ball gets in, but I mean, he that was a 57 yarder. People hit that all the time, and he felt short. It was raining, it was bad. He should win that. The Dallas game, I think that that's a, that's a winnable game there as well. They were in a lot of these games that they lost. Time. Yeah, and 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 so mm-hmm. I don't see. I see the way Jerry sees it. I think that you said the training wheels were on. Mac performed with what he was given. He was given an offense that was very. Hey, we're going to get you into you know second and short, second and manageable, third and short situations, safe throws. If we get the first down, we get the first down. Hopefully, our playmakers but, can break a tackle and make a move. That was the offense that you went out there. You have said that, Rob. You have but, made that exact statement. You can't butt with your own statements, bro. No, you can't no, come no. back just. I don't. Don't play <laughs> with me. Don't play with me. I'm telling you. I've been there, and I've heard Matt say it too. Matt said the same. Matt has said the same thing. He's a but training when, wheels are on. No one wanted Josh McDaniels there. We all thought it was training wheels. We didn't think it was a good offensive mind. We all agreed that Matt P was was garbage. And honestly, when Bill, I didn't really want Bill O'Brien, but now that he's here, like I'm excited, especially with the oh, Gusecki yeah. signing and 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 Hunter Henry, who's an inline tight end, and Gusecki, who's more of like a wide receiver hybrid. I mean, that looks just like 2010, 2011 to me. Tight ends put up over two thousand yards collectively and had over twenty touchdowns. And Bill O'Brien was the architect of that, that that two tight end joker offense that the entire NFL started trying to replicate. And yeah, in no way are you or I suggesting that it's either of these guys or either of these guys are Rob Gronkowski. And I forget who the other tight end was with yeah. Gronkowski. I don't know. But yeah, look, Jones's, rookie season was what it was and in no way I'm saying it was spectacular and we all know that pro bowl doesn't mean what it what it once meant but I just think he showed the baseline for the things that I wanted out of him when when he was at Alabama and you know the knock on him going into the draft was yeah but look at the team he had around him but as Bill Walsh used to say just look at what the guy does forget about what everyone else is around him just look at what he does and I say as a quarterback, if you can command a huddle filled with alphas that are going to be high first round picks and you got Jaden Waddle and you've got talent all over the place and you can be in charge of that, that says a lot. And he came to camp and in no way am I suggesting that 2021 Cam Newton was 2015 Cam Newton, <laughs> but he played with the ones all through camp. And Jones was playing with the twos and the threes, and he won that job outright, legitimately, to the point where they said, Newton, uh, we're not even going to keep you around. Thanks anyway. And, right. you know, it's not like he was throwing to the 2007 Patriots receiving core either. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> and hopefully they've upgraded that some and will continue to. But, you know, there's there's a lot of mitigating circumstances about, about last year. So if he goes out there with everything in place this year and – lays an egg okay now we can have an adult conversation about the future going forward but he's still on a rookie deal he's you've given him the coach that he wants he's got a, a you know o'brien's his quarterback coach now he's not gonna have joe judge in his ear he's got an God. offensive line coach who's a professional so i i i'm excited about it and i'm confident yeah yeah i'm i'm kind of um I get what you're saying, especially with the, you know, him beating Cam out, you know, his, uh, the rookie year, that's impressive that, you know, the, the Patriots locker room love Cam, the, the coaching staff love Cam. He was supposed to be the starter and Mac was supposed to sit and Mac came in and beat him out. But my issue isn't with, you know, how good I think Mac Jones is. Cause I think he's a very, I don't think he, like I said, I don't think he's a bad starting quarterback. I don't think he's a, a great one either. I think he can be fringe top 10, but my issue is Joe, Joe I'm going to take a, a point that you said, you said he's the second best quarter you know rookie quarterback the last couple of years behind Trevor Lawrence 
The problem is if we wanted to win Super Bowls, that's not who we're competing with. We are competing with Patrick Mahomes. We're competing with Josh Allen. We are competing with Joe Burrow. We maybe Aaron Rodgers this year if he goes to the Jets, Justin Herbert, you know, Russell Wilson, if he can bounce back for the Broncos. Like that's who we're competing with. Do I think Mac Jones can get on those guys' level? I don't think he can do that. I don't think he's capable of doing that. And again, the weapons that we have right now, I don't know if he's going to have a chance to be capable of doing that. If he had two of his weapons, if he had a Tyree kill and he had a Jalen Waddle, maybe we might be able to see that top 10 upside. But for me, I don't think we're going to be able to see that. And then if you go into the playoffs and you know, you got Mac Jones and you're going up against Patrick Mahomes and you're going up against Josh Allen, you're going up against, you know, some maybe potentially Lamar Jackson, if he stays in, in, in Baltimore, I don't think we're going to do so hot. No matter how good our, our, our head coach is, at a, at a certain point, the talent wins out. And, you know, you got to have that guy behind center. And I don't think Matt Jones stacks up with those guys. Let, let me put it this way for you, Matt. And, Jerry, you're going to like this. Name a wide receiver and or tight end. I'll actually name three. Three wide receivers and or tight ends that won a Super Bowl in 2000 in the first three Super Bowl championships that the Patriots won. Name one. Brown, Givens, Patton. There you go. Any of those guys, all-star talents? Any of those guys, no. top-tier guys? No, one pro What did we win on? We went on special teams, solid offensive play, and really, really good defense. Well, yeah, I'm going to tell you something. Man. We got a pretty damn good defense. The defense has looked stellar the last two years. All right? It kept us in plenty of games. Do I think Mac Jones with Juju Smith-Schuster, Gusecki, Henry, Bourne, Thornton, and Parker, and I guarantee you that if you put those guys up against the guys you just mentioned – they're going to freaking pretty much be on the same par with them, maybe a little bit better, can do enough to score enough points, and the defense can limit enough points to get us into the playoffs, win the division possibly, and make a run? Hell yeah, I believe that. I've already told you I think the ceiling is 11, 11 to 12 wins this year. I 100% believe I that wholeheartedly in my gut, that we could ceiling 12 wins. That's enough to win this division. I believe that. I believe that wholeheartedly. I think Josh Allen, I already said that. He's going to run into a problem, and that problem is, is that they're using him like the Panthers use Cam Newton. We saw how that went. After the fifth year, he ran into a freaking gutter because they ran him into the ground. They tore his body up. Josh Allen's already seen that. He regressed last year. We saw it in his body. The Jets have tons of young talent, but they're doing the same thing always. Trying to put a lot of stock into a veteran quarterback who they may or may not have for more than one year. It's looking like they might even have not even have him for one, which he's going to roll into that with Zach Wilson. And then you have the Dolphins, who quarterback literally can't stay on the field for more than a, a cough and a sneeze because he's literally got more brain problems than, you know, a professional boxer's been doing it for 25 years, okay? So I'm sitting here looking at you saying that that's a possibility. Do I think they can beat the Chiefs? Hey, any given Sunday, bud. 100% I think they can. The Bengals, they held them pretty close last year with a shit offense. The Ravens, they were in it till halfway through the third quarter. I mean, every team that we've, like every quarterback and team that we've mentioned and named has literally been in a game with the Patriots in the last two years where they have had a good defense and kept the game close and or taken them to overtime that has gone there. I've seen it, all right? We literally played a game with, I believe, Cam Newton was on COVID. Brian Hoyer came in and so did... uh, uh Stidham, Stidham. and that was a pretty close game against a Chiefs team that still had Tyreek Hill. Yeah, because they, of defense. But they, they, twice they had uh, Brian Hoyer forget what down it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. taking points off the board last year. The Cincinnati game, Vermonte Stevenson doesn't Stevenson. fumble in the red zone. The they won won that game, and then they're they were the tied with no time left when Jacoby Raiders. Myers committed the worst penalty. I was oh, there at that. I was live play. at that game. I was oh, in Vegas. I went really. there for a week specifically <laughs> for that game. And I am like, we're about to take this to overtime. Here we go. That plus that Matt Collins catch was out of bounds, but I digress. Yeah. Oh no, it's definitely. And uh, why? So why is it they have this new stadium and they have like three twenty p cameras? They could I not. I, I couldn't. I couldn't wrap my mind around that. It is one of the fact. Either way, yeah. we're sitting here pulling hairs i get that but you're trying to act like this team is 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 garbage like it was dog shit and the problem is is that a dog shit offensive scheme which i will argue 100 percent was exactly the reason this offense looked the way it did and a really good defense is is one eight games no i get it the schedule this year is a little harder that being said we're going to the playoffs this year if mac jones and and o'brien are able to get this offense on track now that isn't it and it has an if you have to run with right but I think Matt Jones is good enough to not make the key mistakes and allow the defense to put him in a situation to win a football game. And I think Matt Jones in a situation to win a football game with Bill O'Brien calling the plays, 100% can do it any given Sunday. And But my thing is, so 
And I agree with a lot of what you just said. I agree with all that. I think we can win 11 to 12 games this year. I think we can definitely, we can make a push with the division. I think Buffalo is going to take a step back. I think that we can compete step back. to, 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 make, to make the there. playoffs. Yeah, I think we can compete to make the playoffs. What I'm saying is you compared the, the early 2000s Patriots to today's Patriots, which I see some of the resemblances, but Rob said it. He mentioned it real briefly. Different league. Different football game now. It's a completely oh, yeah. different league now. You can't touch the receivers. You can't touch the quarterback. So offensive running dominant game teams, you see who wins the Super Bowls every year now. It's a team who dominates on offense. And I don't think we're going to have a dominant offense. I just really don't. And, you know, Mac Jones, he can be, he can be capable again. But – when we went 11 and 12 games and we're going into Arrowhead and we got to beat Patrick Mahomes in Arrowhead. And, and you mentioned we kept it close with them the last couple of years. But before that, we were winning those games. Why were we winning those games? Because we had the greatest quarterback of all time. That's why we were winning those games. And there's a difference between having the greatest quarterback of all time like we did in those early Super Bowl runs and then having Mac Jones now, who's, you know, a fine quarterback, in my opinion, but certainly not, certainly not Tom Brady. I think that's fair to say. He's not Tom Brady. I, I argued for a, almost 20 years that – Wide receiver is the most overrated, overpaid position in all of sports, not just football, but all of sports. And there was a whole history of these guys that we admired because they were fantastic receivers, but they never, it never led to wins. A a great Mm -hmm. example, Calvin Johnson, you know, boulder, unstoppable. He went to two playoff games in his life. One of them, he lit it up and they lost both of them. And the Patriots would win to go back to something Joe said earlier with Dion Branch and, uh, you know, David Patton and Troy Brown. You know, we remember Wes Welker as a legend. He had 100 catches in three seasons at Miami and then came here and had 100 catches before Thanksgiving every year. The point being that the quarterback makes the receiver, not the other way around. I, I'm evolving on that a little bit. I, I'm, and I, bit. you can't help but look at the last two years and say all the final four teams in the league had elite receivers. You know, there's a mm-hmm. Jamar Chase on every one of them or, or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I'm willing to say the Patriots maybe should go receiver high in the draft. Again, whereas I used to just say, why are we wasting our time on this? That's a, that's the shiny hood ornament. They, they'd rather fix up the transmission and put new brakes on the car or, or whatever. But, you know, if, if they go in the first or the second round with a, an elite guy and make him be a wide receiver one, and now Smith-Schuster is maybe a three and Park is your two, and then we see about Tyquan Thornton, I'll be thrilled about that because I think the league has changed. But if they don't... They go back to the formula of winning with defense and special teams and a quarterback who doesn't turn it over. Then it's just going to be Belichick saying, I, I, the, I still know how to coach this league. Yeah. I still mean, know how to do it. Is, yeah. I, I, I've been saying this a long time. I'm hundred percent down with drafting a wide receiver in the first round. Either JSN not or Zay Flowers. Not this that's, year. That's it. None of these guys are a first round talent in the previous three no. drafts. Not a single one of them are. So you're going to pay premium for a guy that any other of the drafts would not have been a first-round talent. I don't see it there. And I like a lot of the guys in the middle rounds, the Mingos, the Trey Palmers, the Charlie Joneses, you know, these guys that are, you know, late day two, mid to late day twos, early day three guys that are going to be able to do a lot of the things you want to do. I mean, you have a, or was it, I think a, a, a Trey Palmer went to Nebraska from LSU and absolutely set friend or, you know, college records for Nebraska. I mean, uh, Charlie Jones was a Blitnikoff finalist uh, for uh, award for what he did at Purdue. And Purdue had a literal stagnant offense outside of Charlie Jones. And the dude was just like Wes Welker uh, when he was at Iowa. The guy had like 26 total reception for like two touchdowns. And he broke that by like the third game. All right. These are the guys I'm interested in because they are blue chip guys. I mean, hell, Trey Palmer had a 4.38 40-yard dash at the combine, was the fastest wide receiver at the combine. And he's going to be available in round three. You're telling Zach me you don't want that? Dude, watch his tape. Watch his tape. He went up against Illinois twice, or once or twice, I believe. And we're talking about they had a safety in a corner that going to go in the first two rounds. And he toasted him. Where do we go? So where do we go? Like, do you go get Christian Gonzalez? Do you go get Joey Porter? Do you go get uh, Peter Skaronsky? Do you go get uh, Paris Johnson? Like, who are you? Who do you have your eyes on, Joe? I mean, my thing. here's my thing, all right? I think that this this first round, Bill Belichick's going to piss a lot of people off. 
He's not going to go tackle. He's not going to go wide receiver. And I doubt he goes corner. It would not surprise me if at 14, he goes defensive end. He goes against Lucas Van Ness, Adebowari out of Northwestern, one of these guys who's just dominant, plays inside, outside, has a hell of a bend. I mean, Adebowari at 280 ran a 4-5. He's massive. He can play defensive end, defensive tackle. He can move him around. He can get into space. He's a freaking animal. Lucas Van Ness, same thing. Can do all that stuff. Big guy, ran a hell of a 40-yard dash. I see a defensive end at 14. If not, they trade back. Now, I understand. He's invited all these guys in on, on top forty on top thirty visits. All these wide receivers have showed up. Is that all the time? It's fucking smokescreen, bro. Because he's going to see try to get people to jump in front of him. He's going to get try to people to trade draft stock. I mean, it is all mind games with Bill Belichick. And he and trust me, the 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 Shrine game he coached or the East West Shrine game they coached down there in uh, Mobile and all that stuff. That was more beneficial to them than anything they've done on these visits. A lot of the guys they coached down there have come on these visits, right? Zay Flowers included. Zay Flowers is probably one of the ones that everyone is looking at right now. And I'm not going to lie to you. I would love to see Zay Flowers in a Patriots uniform, but he's Brandon Cooks 2.0. His I'll game's take the it. same. I'll he, take it. I'll take it. Undersized, he's really big, twitching in space, and has some separation. But what did Brandon Cooks do? Brandon Cooks got us to a Super Bowl and then immediately got a concussion and has been like a, a solid fantasy wide receiver, and that's about it. Yeah. So, yeah, sorry, he's a. I, I see Edge the, coming the, hardcore in the first. Yeah, game. with the Cowboys now, uh, Jerry. Let me get your thoughts on that, man. Where do you where do you see the 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 Pats going in the draft? You know, if they're gonna go receiver, I think it would be limited to Jackson uh, Smith Nijigba, um, <clears throat> and I, he will probably go off the board before. And I I like him or I like Flowers because I think this um, this offense still runs out of tight end when they've got that, you know, running when they've got some, some talent there, but slot receiver. And it's run on slot receiver in a straight line back from Edelman to Welker, Amendola a little bit in between there to, you know, Branch and Troy Brown all the way back to the beginning. Um, but for that reason, I, I think he, he comes off the board too soon. And they go with flowers like in the middle of the second round, that sweet spot where they like Ooh. to move up and down. Um, I, I also think tight end. I think I'm higher on tight end in a great tight end draft class Before than them. a lot of people have. And having said that, I spent three hours writing about it today on Barstool, and I'm forgetting <laughs> the name of the guy that I that I like. Notre Dame or Iowa? Uh, Iowa. Laporta. Laporta. Yeah. Yep. There we go. And they're um, calling him a uh, Travis Kelsey 2.0. Oh, yeah. wow. And, you know, in like I said, there's that memo that Ross Tucker released years ago from when he was with Baltimore. And it came from Cleveland when Belichick was there. And it's hilarious. If you haven't seen it, I posted it on uh, on the, the tight end preview today. It looked like it was typed out on a swing line typewriter, you know, and it was. <laughs> He, where Belichick discussed what he looks for in a tight end. And he says, you know, blocking is great, but it's not that important. You can always find a, a third tackle type guy, like a Michael Holm now in Nui or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. So don't worry about that. Get a guy who can, who can catch the ball. Um, you know, Maya would be great, but I think he's going to go um, high. And then you get the, the six foot seven guy out of Georgia. Uh, who oh, actually, my God. Washington. Dominated. Washington. Washington. doesn't have a lot of tape on catches, but from like a pure physicality standpoint, the guy is an animal. He yep. snatches things out of the air, but he's slow though. He run didn't what did he run? Like a four eight? Hey, in the in the in the words of the infamous Brandon Spikes, it is like, you know My big my biggest thing with him though. What you think. <laughs> my biggest thing with him though, I watched games where like even at like the combine and just snagging that football one hand, he just seems like he's Dominating. gonna be a, a matchup nightmare. Oh, especially box out like that. Just toss it up to him, kind of guy. Yeah, but. it wasn't strictly a, a, a Y type inline tight end attached to the formation. Um, and the thing about getting a tight end, even Gronk, if you look, he wasn't Gronk until like his second year. He cut, cut yeah. a lot of touchdowns. I'll give him mm -hmm. that. But I, I think they recognize that it's complicated position to play, and it takes a guy a year to develop. And neither Henry nor Gesicki are under contract for. Um, beyond next year so you know 
does that mean you spend a first rounder on a guy? Maybe not, but a but a, a two. And again, it's a deep draft class. I think they actually do what they did in 2020 and take a couple of tight ends. Um, I mean, Schumacher out of Michigan, he's a, a later round option there. And I can't you also find have any a, tape on that guy. Uh, Schumacher, I watched him in the in the Big Ten Championship against my Boilermakers, which we got absolutely destroyed. But, I mean, he, he made a lot of good catches. He's a really good guy. I think a lot of people – or Mayer has been compared to Kittle. Uh, I know that uh, Schumacher's had a little bit of uh, a Kittle reference to his style of game, not quite the route runner that Kittle is, but an equal kind of build guy who has some of the, uh, the uh, measurables to be that kind of tight end. Um, you also have Payne Durham out of Purdue, who I think is probably one of the best red zone threat tight ends from a catching standpoint, boxing out, knowing how to use space, knowing how to use his body, running the seam, finding holes in zone. Who's also going to be like a late uh, late round guy slash undrafted tight end because uh, you haven't really seen him going at all. So, I mean, there is a lot of really athletic guys in the tight end field. And I, I kind of believe, you know, I'm in agreement with Jerry. I think that it's possible that there's going to be at least, you know, one drafted, one signed as an undrafted guy or maybe two drafted late in the, late in the draft. So. It would not surprise me at all. And while I promised there'd be no math on this, just real quick, um, <laughs> most teams draft two and a half receivers for every tight end, which makes sense. You look at an NFL formation, you go two, three wide, and you have a, a tight end. Um, in 22 drafts, Belichick has taken 19 receivers, and that includes like Matthew Slater, who's a receiver in name only. Right. He's drafted 16 tight ends. Now, mm. 11 of those receivers were drafted in rounds four through seven. Six of his tight ends have been in the first three rounds. Like, he emphasizes that position and, and always have. So that's why it would shock me at all to see a couple of guys, like, you know, like a, a late-round flyer on one of these small school guys the, uh, flanking on the, the guy from South Dakota State. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm not sure about him. Super productive, yeah. and, and you're always – and there's a, a another from Old Dominion, and, you know, you've got to take those guys. Isn't you that guy like 6'8"? Yeah. You you know, and, and I, there's not a lot of 6'8 bodies no. running around doing, you know – At least not on now. a football field. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Mind, whatever, at, it, it, uh, you know, San Diego uh, – South Dakota State, rather. But, um, you know, I can see them – loading up on that position for the future and just kind of stash these guys and trust that they're going to get some, you know, uh, coaching in them and get them ready for 2024. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I think, I think, you know, uh, a wide receiver or a tight end is a, is a, is going to be super, super important because like you were talking about earlier, Jerry, the, the, the final four in these Super Bowls, man, it's, it's weapons galore. You got weapons all over the place. It's an arms race for these, for these four teams. I just, I just know I can't deal with another Nikhil Harry situation. That'll probably come oh, if we get, if we have another Nikhil Harry situation. Uh, so hopefully that doesn't happen, but uh, that's going to transition to me pretty well into this next topic that we want to talk about. And if you would have ever told me that we would have discussed this five years ago, I would have called you a liar. Um, there's been some rumblings of tension between Bill Belichick and Mr. Kraft, and apparently it was clearly displayed at the league meetings, and this has included some people, even undisputed Shannon Sharp, to conclude he's on the hot seat, that being Bill Belichick, this upcoming season if he doesn't see results. So, Jerry, what do you think, man? Is the, the greatest coach of all time, Bill Belichick, owner of six Super Bowl rings for this franchise, on the hot seat for the 2023 season? Let's say it's the seat warmer. You know, like when you get in your car and you've got the three positions and, you know, the three will really, like, warm your buns right through the down jacket that you're wearing. I'd say he's on, like, that one uh, squiggly line on the dashboard. Um, mm -hmm. But I think Belichick himself is got himself sitting in the throne of hell, like always. Like, he, he's, he's, he doesn't need extra motivation like no one wants to win more than him so he turns the heat underneath himself all the way up to to you know the heat of the sun because that that's him so do i think like what if he goes eight and nine again this year that mr Kraft is going to fire him and then like bef before he's hit the d in the word fired Belichick's going to sign a deal with the Jets for like $10 billion oh, or the yeah. Giants or somebody. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's not going to go unemployed. As it is, teams build their franchises around anyone that has remotely worked with him. Like, mm -hmm. we find out Nick Casario is already out of Houston 
after two years to come back here. Like, again, Joe Judge, Brian Dayball, Matt Patricia, um, you know, the, 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 the guy, Matt Licht down in, uh, in Tampa. At some point, teams are going to hire a half-empty, uh, half-eaten sandwich that Belichick threw in the trash and announced there's a new head coach. So I'm supposed to think that we're going to get rid of him in favor of who? I love Gerard Mayo. He might be the coach of the future, but you're just going to say now he's the guy that, what, you plug him in and now you're going to get 13 wins that you're not going to get out of the guy who built this empire? No. So, yeah, his his seat is tepidly warm, let's say that. Not at all hot. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. Uh, the, I'm with you, Jerry. I, I don't see how they how they can let him go right now. Uh, and and to piggyback on your point about the 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 half eaten sandwich in the trash can, they already hired that. That was Matt Patricia in Detroit. But uh, <laughs> Joe, I'm going to go to you, man. Uh, what do you think? Is, is Belichick on the hot seat? I mean, like, to go off your Matt Patricia thing, the other half of that sandwich ended up in, in, in New Jersey at the Meadowlands with the Giants. So, I mean, they both ended up sending him back for as, as damaged goods with more bites out of them than when they left. But, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, it's all, like I said, it's clickbait stuff. Man, this is clickbait season. It's all it is. The Mac Jones shopping stuff, clickbait. Bill Belichick's on the hot seat, clickbait. It's all to get us fired uh, up and do exactly what we're doing right now, talking about it, talking about these articles, talking about these guys coming out with this, this wacky, off-the-wall, crazy – you know, soggy diaper type of, of takes that you just, you know, are garbage, but you can't resist the nerves to click on the link, man. That's what it is. And like, like Jerry said, if anyone is going to make his seat hot, it's him. If Bill, if Bill Belichick wasn't the same competitor, he was at the beginning, he wouldn't be coaching right now. And, and it's just like I said, who do you get to replace him? And I've been saying this for a while, who comes in and replaces Nobody. Bill Belichick and gives you what you're, what you don't ha- already have. There's really no one. I mean, like you said, Gerard Mayo steps in that. Okay, Bill Belichick taught him everything he knows about coaching. He's learned under the master. He developed his game as a as a leader in the linebacking court under Bill Belichick in Bill Belichick's system. So you think you're going to put Gerard Mayo in there and suddenly it's just going to be this epiphany, like everything's changed? It's the same system. It's going to be the same culture. Everything is the same if he does that. you The only thing you would get to change is hire someone completely outside the Bill Belichick tree, which means you got to go into college. You got to hire a college coach, and we all see how much that works out, right? We all see how much bringing a college guy up into the NFL and being like, "Hey, guess what? All that offense stuff you think you know doesn't work here, bud." Like it doesn't. You have to be able to adjust on the fly. You can't just run the same offense every week because you're going against subpar talent. Like it's not how that happens. There's no answer at the head coaching position outside the Bill Belichick tree. And if you stay in that tree, guess what? It's the same system. So saying he's on the hot seat is like saying, you know, like the sky is green or, you know, the that grass tastes like rainbow sherbet. It doesn't make any sense because at the end of the day, if they do fire him, you might as well just put the half-eaten sandwich in the seat because you're not going to get anything better. He's the best. Yeah, that's... That's that's uh that's that's another one of my lines of thinking. Like, who are you gonna go get? That's like gonna be like, we're we're set now. We got our head coach. Like, you're getting rid of the the greatest head coach of all time to get a different head coach. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. But Rob, what do you think, man? Is Belichick actually on the hot seat this year? Not a chance. I'll make my quick my point quick. Uh, I think that when he retires or when he dies, they're gonna bury his ass at midfield. Like that's just <laughs> yeah. it's and, and when he retires from head coaching, guess what he's gonna do? He's going to go in the booth. This guy loves football, loves football. So I don't see him going anywhere from the – I think literally he'll be on his deathbed calling plays or at least doing some something football-related. That's a little yeah. variation on my philosophy, which is Belichick is going to uh, evolve into a form of pure energy, and then he's <laughs> going to inhabit some other younger corporeal form and then just go back to the Patriots sidelines. It'll look different, it'll mm-hmm. look younger, and then we'll get another 40, 50 years out of them. That's yeah, that's, that's how Steve I deal with the mortality that, uh, that confronts. Yeah, I was going to nerd out for a second. He's going to pull a Yoda or a Luke Skywalker and just turn into this mist and force ghost coach from the sideline the rest of the time that he's out there just for all of eternity. You know, as long I would as the think that. Exists. I mean, the head's had to keep falling to the ground. But yeah, still, what do they say? Yeah, look – this idea that you know people have that he wants to go coach the Giants or he's getting sick of coaching, he's not into it. Watch him, like he go down it. to training camp and watch him walking around, spinning the whistle, 
telling stories about how he used to same, go same. fetch coffee for Ted March or Broad or whatever. Watch him on game day on his knee in front of the the bench with the mm-hmm. whiteboard telling his defensive line these coaching points. This is a guy who is like if, in exactly the right position that he wants to be in with the right organization for the right owner. And yeah, listen, the fact that maybe they had these disagreements is just that that's just life. And the fact that they've had so few of them or that they haven't been made public over 24 years almost now is, is astonishing. So yeah, yeah. they can, you know, Kraft can say something like, you know, mildly objectively critical and just say, we got to do better without it just being like this national scandal that we all have to like clutch our pearls and fall on our fainting couches about, you know, these these are two guys with a lot of responsibility and they're working together to meet them. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. I think, I think it would have been crazy. Like you said, it's, it's crazy that it took this long for, you know, some drama to come out about the, uh, about the two of them. But this, again, this whole thing is wild to me. Like, I get that you can't live off past performance and you got to update your resume. But for 20 years, this man didn't have a losing season. Like, he missed the playoffs twice. And one of those times, he went 11-5. and five, And that was a, a fluke season where it was like one of the first times in NFL history an 11-5 and five team missed the playoffs. That was obviously the year that, that Brady tore his ACL. But, dude, he's won six Super Bowls. He's made it to nine Super Bowls. He's made it to 13 AFC Championship games. He's won 17 division titles in 19 years, including 11 straight. Most postseason wins from a head coach in NFL. NFL history second most in the regular season in NFL history and it's not like like it's not like he, he didn't have it's not like he was just like a good regular season coach he wasn't like a Marvin Lewis where his team was talented every year and just got them to the playoffs and didn't make it uh, you know any further than that you know this dude was playing in the Super Bowl half the time and winning it a third of the time that is ridiculous so he's built up some equity I think to have three relatively average seasons after that is understandable not saying I'm cool with being average but you know after two decades of him just dominating the NFL I think he should be able to decide when he leaves. And like Rob said, he should get buried at, at midfield because this guy, man, three three average seasons after, are, are not going to put him on the hot seat after 19 incredible ones. So and, with that, and eight seconds, eight seconds away from if the Jet if the Jets actually hold their end of the bargain, we make the playoffs in a terrible, terrible exactly. season. Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> no doubt about it. Yeah, but with that, we're going to transition to another another topic. So with everything that we've discussed so far, some kind of speculated uncertainty and drama, and then the new additions in free agency, you got your Gasickis, your James Robinsons, your Jujus. Great secondary brought back a lot of guys, Jonathan Jones, Jabril Peppers, Jalen Mills, and the greatest defensive back of all time, Miles Bryant. And with 11 picks in this upcoming draft in the upcoming weeks, with the highest first-round pick we've had in a long time, number 14 overall, Jerry, I'm going to go to you, man. What are your expectations for the New England Patriots in 2023? Can this team make a Super Bowl run, or is this team going to miss the playoffs for a third time in four years? Uh, I'm going to say what I said last year, all offseason. Turned out to have just fallen short of that, but I'm saying double-digit wins and a playoff spot. Yep. And again, we, we discussed the two games that they straight-up blew that were right there for them, and that's with everything going against them. But an entire season of someone here to write the offense still a very good defense as as you said one that i think will actually improve because i like both jones cornerbacks the guys that were rookies oh, yeah. last year plus jonathan jones coming back i like jalen mills coming back too as a kind of all-purpose you know can play 60 snaps at outside corner one game, and the next game he plays 12 there and 12 at strong safety and 12 at free safety. That's what I think they brought him here to do, and now he's mm-hmm. in a position to to do that. So, yeah, the double-digit wins and a playoff, whether that's 10, 11, or 12 remains to be seen. Yeah, I'm with you. That's pretty much that's pretty much my exact expectations for the Patriots this year, too. So I'm, I'm right there with you, Jerry. Joe, what do you think, man? What are your expectations for this team I'm- this year? I mean, I've already said it. I saw. I said what their ceiling was. I said, I said, you know, 11, 12 wins. That's the ceiling I see for them right now. I see them getting a playoff game. I wouldn't be, it wouldn't surprise me if they won the division. Like I said, winning the division, playoff game, 11 to 12 wins. I see that as a ceiling. Miles Bryant not being oh on the football field is a must for this to happen. I swear to God. How that is guy he still on the more, roster? I don't get it. I, I don't know. The only thing that guy can cover is a plane seat, as far as I'm concerned. And as long as that plane is going anywhere but, but where the Patriots are playing that weekend, okay? The guy gives up more. Th- like, I, I literally would walk away from my TV on a third down, and I would hear, and that's a first down. And I'd be like, Miles Bryant in coverage. And I'd be like, Miles Bryant with, uh, in coverage. And I'm like, oh, hey, look at that. Imagine. Imagine. 
Miles Bryant was in coverage and they gave up a third down. No matter who, it could be third and a million. And that guy is going to be in coverage for the first down. I swear on everything in my life. All right now, don't get me wrong. I think that if he transitioned to safety, he would be a better safety than he would be a corner. And I think that opportunity may exist for him. But also understand that he may not be on the on week one roster. And I would be okay with that. But yeah, you, you brought him up and you got me fired, dude. I Miles Bryant is the bane of my existence. Yeah, I already knew that. That's why I brought him up. Uh, Rob, you're also not a big Miles Bryant fan, and I'll go to you oh, now. What's fuck. your expectations for the for for the Patriots in 2023? He is the only guy that like I I, I can recall this play very vividly. Isaiah McKenzie catches the football right in front of him, falls down. He looks at him like as if he's trying to wait for the easy bake oven and the cupcake to just come out of the damn oven. <laughs> And then he gets and get up, and then get a couple more yards, and he tries to punch it out. I'm okay. I I'm gonna go a tirade on him. I don't want to do that. Um, as far as like going making the playoffs, I think we're gonna win ten games. I said our floor is nine and nine wins, and the reason why I say our floor and ceiling are just so close is just because it's gonna be with our how difficult our schedule is. The the margin of error is gonna be very low. You look at the Bills; they're losing Leslie Frazier. Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen, who knows what that relationship's really going to be like. Tua can't stay healthy. The guys miss an average of 4.3 games per season. Um, the Jets, they have Aaron Rodgers? Do they? Like, I don't know. And if Zach Milfson's, I mean, uh, Zach Wilson is at quarterback, <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> I mean, actually, we do know what kind of quarterback he is. So, yeah, we do. Yeah. As far as like us, like, like I said before, we were eight seconds away from a. If the Jets hold the end of the bargain against Miami, we make the playoffs. And that is an elite. And that was in a year that we were complete. God, if anything could go wrong last year, I, I mean, look, Matt Patricia was cheering on when when Jacoby Myers was doing a lateral. That should tell you enough. You're like, oh my God, oh, just happy about it. So I think, I think we make the playoffs. I just think it's it's all predicated off of what are we gonna get out of Mac Jones? Are we gonna get the guy that like? closes his eyes and throws the football up because I've seen that a couple of times, especially against the Ravens. Or are we going to see a resurgence out of him? Because you got Bill O'Brien. Gronk had 17 touchdowns that year that we had him. So I think if everything goes perfectly, you probably could win 11 games, but I think 10 and 10 and seven is where I'm at right now. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm pretty much, uh, I'm pretty much with all of you. I mean, uh, Jerry, you pretty much took the words out of my mouth. I think making the, the, making the playoffs, obviously number one and, and winning 10 to 12 games is literally what I wrote down in my notes. I mean, listen, we won eight games last year with a defensive coordinator and rocket scientists calling our plays and very few weapons. Now we have rocket a bona fide proven offensive coordinator upgrades to our receiving core and tight ends already. Plus a couple of losses last year that felt like you guys said somewhat fluky. I mean, the Packers game that Mac was hurt, went to overtime. The Vikings game. Away. The, I was good. That's the very next one. I was going to say Vikings game. We got screwed by the refs, the Hunter Henry touchdown in the end zone. That's obviously a touchdown. The Raiders game, obviously Jacoby Myers went just absolutely stupid and threw a touchdown pass to Chandler Jones, who stiff arm Mac Jones. Uh, the Bengals, Ramondre Stevenson loses that fumble at the one yard line, and then even the Bills, the last week of the year, they're coming off the you know the the Demar Hamlin situation. They have two kick return touchdowns in a game against the Bill Belichick coach team. Like that never happens. So those are five relatively fluky losses, in my opinion, and I think it's reasonable to say that two of those this year at least turn into wins. So I think this team could win ten to twelve games this year, make the playoffs, but again. My problem is, like I mentioned before in the Mac Jones discussion, when the AFC playoffs likely has Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, you know, Justin Herbert, maybe Lamar or Aaron Rodgers, or like I said, if Russell Wilson has a resurgence under Sean Payton, it's likely we will be in the postseason with one of the worst quarterbacks in our conference. And that's not a recipe for a championship team, considering us. Ha it took us having the best coach and quarterback of all time before to have the success that we had. And obviously we had unprecedented success, but that was also in a conference where it was just Brady, Big Ben, and Peyton for 15 years. So I think it's going to be tough for us to, to, to have a deep playoff run this year, you know, with having Mac Jones at quarterback, considering who else is in, you know, in the conference at quarterback. But I think it's certainly reasonable for us to potentially win the division and win 10 to 12 games. What do you guys think? It, it it really is like it's it's either we can finish first or we can finish literally every team in this division right now. Sorry for cutting you off, Jerry. Any team in this division right now can win the division. If if the Aaron Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, they can win that win the division. The Bills obviously have won back to back years, and the Dolphins have been just nipping on the heels of the of the Bills. If I mean like we almost made it last year with all the crap that went on. Yep. Mm -hmm. We all acknowledge that getting through the Bills is the path. There's no. Yep. 
way to to take the next step without figuring out that conundrum. Um, and you know, Rob, you you said it that the, the Bills have taken a step back. I've written a couple of snarky blogs as soon as the season <laughs> is over about like, is the Bills dynasty over? Before the game, you know, the the irony being that mm-hmm. they've you know haven't dynasty, right? Yeah, exactly. They haven't gotten past the the championship game, but we're already anointing them the next big thing. And it's tough to break through, and they haven't. And now, you know, losing the, the defensive coordinator, and the, and there's obvious trouble going on mm-hmm. there with Stephon Diggs and whatever who's starting to revolt against uh, against Josh Allen. But Matt, I'm glad you mentioned the two um, kickoff return touchdowns. Are the Patriots going to be in the one of the worst three uh, special teams? franchises in football again this year they're perennially top five and this year was an unmitigated disaster and it Mm -hmm. cost them games and joe judge i don't know if it's kind of a footnote but he's been put in charge of special teams again with it's part of his role but we can all agree he's good at that yeah very good he stay in your lane man that yeah that peter (laughs) principle where you get like promoted to your level of like incompetence or whatever he's at his level of competence right now if he's running the special team so i'm I'm good with that just real quick to circle back to something earlier i was talking about tight ends dalton kincaid you yes 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 some some have him actually just behind mayor some have him well uh below that and kind of a mid-round flyer sam laporta from Mm -hmm. uh, yes sir he just He's that guy. He's the team captain. All these things the Pats love. Team captain, you know. Uh, leadership, size, athleticism, everything. And also, uh, they love them some three-cone. And I think he had the second <laughs> yeah. fastest three-cone time. It's a weird thing that they love. But, uh, yeah, he's he's uh, he checks all the boxes. I don't think they're going to have to spend a lot of capital to get him. So I just wanted to – it's driving me crazy when I forget the names while I'm in the middle. Oh, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Sure, yeah, There's no so doubt many. about it. And, <laughs> and I like Dalton Kincaid because I was all excited about Dalton Keene because I had 150 Roadhouse references in my head that I didn't <laughs> know because the guy never come. First of all, they his nickname was Rambo. And I was furious, like, oh. when your name is Dalton, why do you need another nickname? Like, just <sighs> – yeah, I thought you'd be a lot bigger. I hear that a lot. Pain don't hurt. You know? <laughs> yeah, it would have been easy. Yeah, that's it. It's a shame that didn't work out. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're going to get another bite at that apple. That's my prediction. Finally. Hopefully. Uh, uh, right. We, we, if there's going to be one tight end named Dalton in this league, let it be ours. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yes. We got Dude, Dalton Schultz. Nah, he's nothing. Yeah, nah. nothing. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have the real Dalton. We're going to have the real Dalton in uh, in New England for sure. Yeah, it's going to be, like you said, the Patriots love that three-cone. That's why ja- the Jackson Smith and Jigma could be a, a potential target oh, for them because he had like one please. of the greatest greatest three-cone drills please. of all time. That's just a, a pure agility, pure shiftiness, pure quickness drill. So, yeah, that's a... It's going to be interesting to see what uh, what you know what happens in the draft. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with this team, all the drama and everything that's been surrounding it. And... I think that's going to be it for us today here at House Call Sports. Again, big thank you to Mr. Jerry Thornton for joining us today. Thank you again. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. Make sure many, you many get his book. <laughs> yes. Make sure you go get his books, Darkness to Dynasty, the first 40 years of the New England Patriots, as well as Six Rings. Joe's got it over there. The history, the Super Bowl history I'm of the jealous, New England man. Patriots so far. You can get them both on Amazon. The links will be in the description. Also, be sure to follow Jerry on Instagram and Twitter at Jerry Thornton One. Is there anything? Is 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 there any other social media that you got, Jerry? No, yeah, no, that that'll do. And uh, <laughs> well, until I get my OnlyFans set up. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, uh, I'll subscribe right away, man. You drop that. You let me know. <laughs> but um, and Barstool Sports every day. It's a it's a privilege working there. I love this this company. Um, I I try to earn it every day. Um, I absolutely flat out love the feedback I get from people. So um, thanks everybody. Thanks to you guys. It's the first time we've oh, spoken. Blessed. I hope it's not going to be the uh, the last. So maybe I hope yep. not either. Jerry. Not. You've been fantastic. Yeah, in We're person, get or email. whatever. But it's it's a pleasure, and it proves once again. The number one sport in America is the NFL. The number two yes, sport the NFL offseason. Everything else is in comparison. Absolutely. No doubt. 
You said it. You said it perfect there, Jerry. The NFL. The NFL is king, and it's what what brought us all together today. That's a really special thing that we can get on here and talk about talk about football. So yes, thank you again, Jerry. Again, go check him out at Jerry Thornton on Instagram and Twitter. Go check out his books. The link will be in our description. And again, I want to give a shout out to all of our affiliates as well. The first one I'm going to give a shout out to our house call affiliates that is the first one i'm going to give a shout out to is liquid iv go get 25 percent off when you go to liquidiv.com and use our code at the checkout that's 25 percent off anything you order when you use the promo code the underscore house underscore call underscore podcast at liquidiv.com the best hydration multiplier on the planet watermelon liquid iv is my personal go-to i'm about to coach kids in uh for baseball in this hot ass maui sun and it's super super humid especially with my pasty white ginger ass i'm always sweating and losing electrolytes that means i need to replenish my electrolytes and i do that with liquid iv i get three times the electrolytes with liquid, liquid iv and get the same great taste so use the promo Jesus. code and hit the link in the description to go get some today we are also sponsored by StubHub. no matter the event StubHub has the tickets for you StubHub sports concert theater tickets as low as six dollars the nfl there or excuse me the nba playoffs are starting the mlb regular season is up and running and of course when that NFL starts back up and you want to go watch your New England Patriots regular season and preseason games, yeah, there. go to StubHub and get all your tickets. So hit the link in the description to get all your tickets at StubHub. We are also sponsored by Fubo TV, the world's only sport-focused live TV streaming service with top leagues and teams, plus popular shows, movies, and news for the entire household. There's no hidden fees. Go get a free trial. Browse available plans. I personally have used Fubo. I love that you get tons of channels. You can watch football, baseball, basketball, anything you want on Fubo TV. So hit the link in the description to go check that out. And we are also also sponsored by Coffee Bros. If you are a bro who's up real early like I am and need a coffee company that's not only going to provide you with everything from award-winning roasts to your necessary equipment, your espresso machines, your grinders, your filters, to your recipes, as well as a coffee-to-water ratio calculator, which sounds sick, go to Coffee Bros. website, whose link is in our description, to get everything that you need that is coffee-related. So go get Coffee Bros, bro. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We appreciate all your feedback. Be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms as well, at the house call sports instagram tiktok youtube spotify twitter we have our website up go get our merch meet the crew and our blog is up as well on www.thehousecall.com jerry thank you so much again for joining us we appreciate everything and that's going to be it for us today peace let's go everyone gives you the best plus you take it with vegas golden knights the jets are not a good 